Good evening, gentlemen. Welcome back. Getting together to wrap up another packed full week, another week where we're coming closer and closer together. It's Klai Yisrael. May we see the fruits of our efforts. May we see Shmira, protection. For all of Klai Yisrael, may we see uh, happiness and, and, and blessings and good news and good tidings. Everyone that we're dabbing so hard for, may they return home very soon, speedily and swiftly. And everyone else that's out there putting their lives on the line for Klai Yisrael, Hashem watch over them. And all the togetherness, you know, Klai Yisrael has been brought together in an unprecedented way. But after this, may it only continue. May Hashem allow us to see at the Shemaya to hear good news and, and um, continue our Achtus beyond this Ace uh, Sarah. Okay, so... Let's. Yeah, could be, could be. Okay, so Parshas Vayero over here. Parshas Vayero. Let's get down to business over here. Vayero. <clears throat> we begin um, right where Lech Lecha leaves off. Lech Lecha and Vayero are two of these Parshas where one goes directly into the other. And um, you know, we had at the end of Lech Lecha, we have the uh, epic Prismila of Avram Avinu, the first time in history we have a bris with Avram, Shmuel, takes us into Vayero where Avram is on the third day of his meal recovering and he's hanging out there, hanging out, waiting to do Achnaz and waiting to bring guests in. Okay, now we zoom out, we zoom out over here. Um, let's pick up on something interesting. Uh, uh, Vayero, the beginning of Vayero, the story is well known that Avram Avinu is waiting for guests. Kechayim Hayoyim, it's really hot, blazing day outside, really wants to do Achnaz Orchem. Rebbein Shalalem is, is at first trying to spare him from having to deal with, uh, with, with the guests. Avram Avinu persists and insists, Akash Baruch sends him the guests, but okay, that's the story part of it, the story aspect of it, well known. If you examine, though, the parasha from a zoomed-out perspective, we see that there's a number a number, a certain number, that pops up quite a lot in the beginning of the parsha, beginning of the story. What's this number? We find this number again and again and again, the same number, coming in different places, in different guises, showing up in different different uh, areas and aspects. What's that number? What's the number that's the beginning, the beginning of Vayera is all about? Three. 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 Who else said three? We have three people saying three, all four people. Okay, let's leave it at three people <laughs> saying three. Three people saying three. And yes, the number three. How many threes are there in the beginning of Vayir? Let's try to take a count. Let's see. This is uh, this is something for everyone to answer over here. How many? Three malachim. Three days. The third day of his brismila. The third day of his brismila again. Three. What? Very good. Three cows. What else is another? There's more threes. Three what? Three tongues. Okay. Three tongues from three cows. I was I assume so. Assume so. These weren't uh, cows from Chernobyl over here, right? <laughs> needed three cows and three tongues. Uh, what else do we have? Shloishasim kemach soilis, luzhivasi ugois. Avram tells Sarah, get three, three pounds, whatever, it's the loose translation, three saw of kemach. The three was what translated as just a pound, right? Get three pounds of flour and make three loaves for our guests. And another three. We find all these bunches and batches of three. That three pops up here in so many different places. So there's, there's uh, you know, 
<coughs> a cornucopia of three sums over here in the beginning of the parsha, and that definitely deserves our attention. I think deserves our attention to figure out what's going on with um, the beginning of Ayera and and threes. Okay, that's one question that we need to ask. So we see three again pops up again and again and again. What's what's Pshat and Dad? Um, let's start some more questions. So uh, we know that that Avram wanted to have guests, and Hashem at first declined to send him guests because Hashem had Rachmanus. Hashem sent him the guests anyway. And these guests were none other than Rashi tells us Malachim, these angels. What's exactly the significance? of the fact that these guests come to visit him specifically as he's recovering from his bris the, the, the Torah makes a point of making this connection over here. Excuse me. Rashi says, again, this continues directly from the end of last week's parasha, right after he gets his bris on the third day of his bris when the pain is the most difficult, he's suffering the most from the bris, He's he's there to do Achnasas Orchim and, and, and that's when we have this epic scene over here The Malachim come to visit him With uh, the tidings that they bring And, and Avram's Achnas Orchim But it's clearly not coincidental meaning, meaning It's not that it happened to be a day That he he was in pain And it happened to be a day that Hashem wanted to spare him from pain It happened to be that he wanted to do Achnasas Orchim anyway So Yavayashim sent him all these guests uh, there's no coincidences. Uh, there's no such thing as happenstance. It just happened to be, happened to be, happened to be. It, it's clear that the day that was the right day for him to do all this hachnasas orchim, the day that was the right day for him to put himself out there to greet these malachim, was the day that he's suffering the most from 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 uh, from his bris milo. The rebbeim shem obviously knows ahead of time, even though Hashem wanted to spare him from the guests. Rebbeim shem knows ahead of time. That he's going to insist. The Rebbeim knows ahead of time that the guests are going to come. Hashem knows this in advance. It's clear that this is with some kind of plan, with some kind of chesron. That Dafka on the day that he's he's in the most pain and suffering the most from his bris mila has this has to be the day that the malachim come. This has to be the day that he greets the guests. This has to be the day that that they come with all the good tidings, etc. What exactly is a connection? The Torah is setting up a connection for us between Avram's bris. And, and, and the defining moment, this big epic moment of Avram taking care of the Malachim, okay? So that, that's, that's a, not a question, but, a, but a, 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 an observation which requires exploration. What's tack of the connection between Avram's brismila and, and this moment where he's greeting all these guests? Why, why, why is that connected and why does it have to be connected to Avram's brismila? Let's ask another question also. What was the reason why three malachim came. Why do we have three malachim? Again, we're talking about threes. Three malachim. Why do we need three malachim? Three news. What? Three news. To bring news? Three news. Three? Three different tasks. Okay. Okay. What were the three different tasks? Yes, yes, Rashi says three malachim each came with One. a different task. Three malachim and three tasks. Well, oh, you're back, host! Okay, anyway. Why three malachim and three tasks? Well, what were the three tasks? To inform Sarah of the good tidings. To heal Avram. To destroy the city of Sodom. 
So three malachim came with three tasks. One to heal Avram, one to inform Sarah of the good tidings, and one to destroy Sodom. Right? We know this? Now we know it. Rashi brings us down. So let's ask a question, another question. So Malach that's going to inform Sarah that she's going to have a kid. Obviously, there's only one place to do it. Where do you, where you got to go to inform Sarah that she's going to have a baby? You have to go to Avram and Sarah, right? That's, if you want to inform Sarah, you have to find Sarah. You have to go to Sarah. Avram. If you're there to heal Avram, there's obviously only... That, that makes it pretty clear where your destination is going to be. Where do you have to go to heal Avram? Avram. Avram. That's right. <laughs> but if you're going to destroy Sodom, where do you want to go? Sodom. To Sodom. You want to make a stop by Avram and Sarah? Why do the Malach, who's coming to destroy Sodom, why do you have to come to Avram and Sarah? They're, they're traveled in the past. Oh. Malachim are lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Malachim have to have, you know, someone. I, I you know, I'm the opposite. I'm going to take a trip. I, I don't want anybody with me, right? I'm going to go alone, make a lot of phone calls. Time to think. Time to meditate. Time to breathe. Take time for what? Man. Well, I'll take whatever idea to take as long as nobody else comes along. You know, just peace and quiet. It's a bite of this. That's right. It's a bite of this. It's a bite of this. His lahav was, whatever it is. Uh, um, the malachim, you know, malachim, I'm sure, are fine traveling alone. Malachim, um, they, they know how to get to where they're going. So let's just ask a basic question. Like, this is not an asked question. This is not a, a question that people ask, but let's ask. Let's not be afraid to ask this. Why does the third malach have to show up also by Avram and Sarah? Malach that's going to destroy Sodom. This is not, no, oh, you're in the wrong place. You know, check your GPS. Make sure you set the right coordinates over here. You don't want to destroy Avram's tent, right? Avram's tent is not the is not the, what you're here to destroy. You're here to destroy Sodom. That's same as that away. You know, <laughs> I actually I remember when I was a bacher in Eretz Yisrael. So one bein as man, and I went down to uh, the Dead Sea, and I took a picture. I still have this picture somewhere. That I was like, wow, I can't believe you can take a picture like this. How do you get to Dead Sea from Yerushalayim? So you take Route One. It's called Route One. It's the highway that goes east-west. You take it all the way to the end. It ends at what's called uh, Route 90. Route 90 goes north-south along the entire uh, eastern border of Eretz Yisrael. Route 90, it's called the Bika, the Bika Road, Kvisha Bika, right? Bika. Yeah, anyway. So when you come to, to um, Route 90, there's uh, like one of these you know, junction signs. Point, a sign pointing to the left and to the right, to the north and to the south. When you hit the end of the one, and to the left says, I think, Tiberia, Tiberius. The right says, Sodom. Sodom. There's a sign that says Sodom. I took a picture of myself, like, smiling and waiting under the sign. Still had the sign somewhere. Anyway, so, so uh, you know, the signs are marked. You know how to get to Sodom. People know how to get there. The Malach that's there to destroy Sodom, he knows how to get to Sodom. Why did he go to Avram and Sarah? Why did he go to, why did he go to Avram and Sarah? A good question, right? The, the Malach has to heal Avram, great, go to Avram. The Malach that's there to inform Sarah, that's where you got to go. Why, why are you stopping off in Avram Sarah's tent? When you came for a bold challenge? He came for a bold challenge, the Malach don't eat anyway. <laughs> right? Well, he goes straight to Sodom. Okay, so these are the questions. Let, let's, let's appreciate these questions for a moment. Let's, let's relish them. Relish these questions like we're relishing this delicious challenge. I think, again, this is challenge made by a delicious challenge made by one of our wonderful Kailo members, at Rabbi Moskowitz, yes. Um, and as we... Savor the chant, let's savor these questions. What's with the uh, threesomes, all the threesomes that pop up over here in the parasha? What's with the connection between Avram's bris milah and Gerina the Malachim? Why Dafka now? Why it have to be today? Yeah, the Malachim have to go. Why does it have to be right now? And why do all three Malachim stop by Avram? Why do we need all three? All three. 
the question specifically is on the one that's destroying Sodom. Why do you have to come? Obviously, you know, we would say, well, if he didn't come, we wouldn't have a threesome. We'd only have a twosome. We want to have the last threesomes. That's not really answering the question. This is really just borrowing the other question, right? The question of the threesomes. Okay, so so now that we've appreciated, savored these questions, let's try to approach these questions. So let's start off with something very interesting, very fascinating. I want to share something with the Oilam. How old is Avram Avinu at the beginning of Vayera? How old is he when he gets his bris? 99. 99 years old. 99 years old. Just a multiple three, true. Okay. All right. Um, he's 99 years old. 99 years old when he gets his bris. 99 years old in the beginning of the parasha. However, let's let's go to very deep places right now. Let's go to deep mystical. It's okay, Leor, if we do that? Yes. All right. Let's go to deep and mystical places. In a certain sense, Avram Avinu is not even one yet in the beginning of the Parsha. In a certain sense, he's 99. In a certain sense, he hasn't even had his first birthday yet. Let's explain. What does that mean? Let's zoom further out even. Avram Avinu has how many children? How many sons does Avram have? What? So far, one. Well, it, it, we're zooming out. We know it's going to happen. We know what happens at the end of the parsha. I mean, you know, we all know it's going to happen. Not right now. What? Two, and then and then he has a whole bunch more. Yosef is correct. Um, but okay, let, let's 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 uh, put to the side all the the, the sons that he has from Hagar at the end of Chayusaro. Those notwithstanding, the two sons that we hear a lot about, the two sons that 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 are the uh, founders of you know, two major civilizations. So those are two sons, right? That's Yitzchok and Yishmol. But if you think about it, there's a fascinating idea over here that it's not really true. Avram doesn't really have two sons. Avram really only has one son. Avraham. Avraham only has one son. Avram is the one that had Yishmol. Yishmol is born to a different person. Yishmol was born to an Avram without the hay and an Avram before his bris milah. Yishmael is born in Parshas Lech Lecha to a different person, an Avram without the hay, and to a different person biologically and spiritually and in a name. Avram is a different name. Avram doesn't have a Bismila. Avram is a different person, and that's who produces Yishmael. And this is part of the reason why Yishmael, Hashem tells Avram, Ki you know that Abram, you're destined to fan the Jewish nation, the Jewish people, but it, I'm telling you, it's not going to be from Yishmael. Even though Abram, at the end of Lech Lecha, says, Lu Yishmael Yichiel Lefanach, he says, Hashem, please have Rachmanus and Yishmael, spare Yishmael, let Yishmael do something. But Hashem tells Abram, Yishmael, this is not where it's at. This is not where it's at. This is not where it's happening. This is not the one. Yishmael is not the one. And Yishmael can't be the one. Why? Because Yishmael wasn't born to Avraham. Yishmael wasn't born to someone who had a bris meal. Yishmael wasn't really born to someone who was fully Jewish yet. He was born to Avram, before the hay and before the bris, and that's why Yishmael is forever outside of Klai Yisrael. And that's why Hashem tells Avram, Ki there's another kid on the way, and that's going to be the one, the one who is, is going to create Klai Yisrael. It can't be Yishmael, because Yishmael wasn't born to Avraham. Quickly question. So, so Ishmael considered a legitimate son? A legitimate? 
I don't know. That's a that's a very very weighted word. Illegitimate. What do you mean by illegitimate? Or because he's not. Well, he's he's not considered. He's not he wasn't born. Correct. He was born to someone who was not fully Jewish yet, so he's not a member of the. He's not within Kedushas Yisrael because he was born to Avram before Avram became Avraham. Not illegitimate. He's no less legitimate than the son of Noyach, the son of Adam, the son of Mishushelach. Those are all legitimate children, right? Son of Terach. Terach had three sons. Avram, without the hay, had one son. He's not illegitimate. He's just... He is, he is outside of Klai Yisrael. Let's take that further. Rebaisham is telling Avram at the end of Lech Lecha two things. Adas brisi sishmor, you're going to get a bris milah, and I'm telling you that you're going to have another son, and Avram laughs, but you're going to have a son, he's going to be called Yitzchak. And he tells him both things back to back, and he tells him you're going to get a bris, and then now you're going to be able to, after your bris, you're going to be able to start Klai Yisrael, because that's when you're going to be Avraham, that's when you're going to have a bris Kaidesh, and let's take that a step further, Rabbi, so that's when you're really going to be born. Born. Let's share a fascinating idea. <clears throat> There's a Zayar that I never saw inside. I saw it brought down. I saw it quoted. That says that at the bris, the bris is a mini birth. Not even a mini birth. The bris is the end of the birthing process. A child is born. He's not really fully born yet until he has his bris milah. Eight days later is when he's fully born. When he's fully born. Why? Because that's when the neshama comes down. That's when he gets his neshama. Until a child gets his bris, he doesn't really have his neshama yet, a Jewish, a Jewish child. He's around, he's, he has a spiritual spark, he has a spiritual component, but his neshama el his nishmas Yisrael, his Jewish neshama, doesn't fully get brought down and connected, cemented to him, to his essence, he doesn't get in touch with his, his, his spiritual essence and his spiritual um, spark until he gets his bris milah. And that, says the Zayar, is not just in getting his jumbo, that's the completion of the birthing process. Now he's fully born. What does it mean to be born? It means to come from a different world into this world. Can, can I ask a question? Quickly, sure. Please. First of all, you are? Yitzchak. You could definitely ask a question. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Where is the idea actually originated? The one you just The Zohar. The idea of that they're not fully there until this. Yes. The Zohar says this, and we're going to be a proof in a minute from the Torah, from a Pasuk. So, good question, Yitzhak. Yes. Um, so, the Nishama doesn't come fully in uh, 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 until the Briz. And what that means is that someone is, uh, this clock is off, right? Yes. We don't really, we don't really have two hours to my room, right? <laughs> it's not even on. It's right on. Right. Should Jackie the same second? Gosh, yeah, it's not gosh. Not. I'm so bad with time, Rabbi Sides. Yeah, it's one thing I'm not good with. All right. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah. Birth, being bur- born, being born is coming from a hecher of a different world into this world, correct? And that's the, we can all agree that's the definition of birth. A child in utero is not really here. The kid doesn't exist yet. The baby's not here. You see a bulge, but there's no, there's no human being over here. There's no baby over here. Even the, even the airlines agree with this. Before, up until a child is born, you don't have to pay anything extra for a ticket on the plane, right? 
mother flies, that, they, that the, she flies with that bulge, and she doesn't have to pay anything extra. The moment the child is born, you need a, a passport, you need another ticket, right? If you're flying uh, internationally. So, I, but, but, but what, look, this is a week before the baby's born. Look, look how, look, look at the bulge, it's clearly something there. No, no, no. Nothing's here yet. Nothing. That's how we look at it and love this. Nothing's here yet, really. Nothing is here yet. Being born is coming from emerging from a, from a different world, a different plane of existence into this plane of existence into this in, into this world. So far, so good. Everybody got that. That's what being born is. Now, part of a Jewish birth, when a yid is born, when a yid is born, what's happening is he's coming in to this world from a different world, from a higher world, and he comes with a whole package. Part of the Jewish existence, the existence of a new Jewish being, a Jewish person, a Jewish. Um, representative is the Jewish soul also, the neshama. The neshama that he brings in with him, his soul, that comes from the highest place that, that uh, you know, that we can conceivably reach. And until that comes in, he hasn't really been born yet. He or she have not been born yet. When the neshama comes in, that's the full completion and conclusion of birth. Even if someone doesn't have a bris milah until they're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, that's really when they're born now. That's the, they've been one long birthing process. One long birthing process. Avram Avinu is not really born until he's 99. That's why now he's called Avraham. That's why he gets his Jewish name now. Because now he's born. You, you, you named the baby by the bris. Why don't you name him before the bris? Because there's no one here yet to name. Fresh taste? Yeah, in the bris they put hay. That's right. That's right. You don't give a baby a name, a baby boy a name before the bris because there's no one here. Not that we want to wait till the bris to name him. No, it's the other way around. The lumbus is that there's nobody here yet to name. Not here yet. He wasn't born yet. We want to name a baby before he's born. No, nope, we don't do that. Wait till after he's born. You have to wait till he's fully born after the bris. Avram is born. He gets his full name, Avraham. And now he has been fully born. And, and there's a beautiful proof to this. I'll say this quickly because we're short on time. But um, <clears throat> it says in Vayichi, Vayichi, which is Shmuel Kandorovich's Bar Mitzvah Parsha. Oh, yeah. If I'm hearing correctly, I don't know. I hear him practicing Vayichi all the time. Um, yeah. Coming up this year, next year. Oh, okay. It's around the corner. Um, have children? Yeah, but is he going to have children? It's a little, probably a little bit more than children. So in Vayichi, it says that um, Yaakov Avinu got to see, I'm sorry, Yosef, Yosef, who um, buried his father, talks about the end of Yosef's life also in Vayichi, the end of Vayichi, and it says that Yosef ha- um, lived long enough that he was able to see several generations of his progeny. He saw grandchildren, he saw great-grandchildren. Yosef saw great-grandchildren. The Pesach says something very interesting over here. I wanted to bring you a beautiful proof to this idea that a bris is the final stage of birth. You're not really born until you have your bris mila. An eye-opening idea. Listen to what the Pesach says. Um, here we are over here. If anyone wants to see together with me, Perek Nun Pesach Chav Gimel. Chapter 50, verse 23. Vayar Yosef Ephraim. Yosef got to see... Ephraim, Bnei Shileshim. He got to see three generations. He got to see 
Um, he got to see his grandchildren. He got to see his great grandchildren. Gam b'nei machir b'menasha yuldu al birka Yosef. The, the the children of Machir, the son of Menashe, that means Yosef again, great grandchildren were born. Yildu were born. Albirka Yosef on the lap of Yosef. Yeah. That's interesting. You know, um, I don't have great grandchildren yet, but if they ask me, like we'd like you to be there, we'd like our kids to be born on your lap. I, like thanks, but no thanks. No, that's uh, you know, I'll show up for the simcha. I'll show up for the 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 the, the you know the, the the celebrations, but. I don't want anyone born on my lap. That's not what I'm here for. There's places to do that. The Pasik says, the sons of Machir and Menashe were born, Yuldu, were born, Albirka Yosef, were born on the lap of Yosef. Everyone see the Pasik and hear the Pasik? They were born on Yosef's lap. So it doesn't mean they were born on Yosef's lap. No, nobody in their right mind is going to let their grandchildren or great-grandchildren be born on their lap. So Targum says, he's referring to the bris, and it means that Yosef was the Sanduk. Yosef was Zoycha to be the Sanduk, by his great grandchildren's bris, that's what it means. The kid was on his lap. By the bris, you put the, 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 the kid on the lap. Alpir Kesos, he was to be the Sandik by his great grandchildren. Amazing. The promise of the Pasuk doesn't say that. The Pasuk doesn't say that he was the Sandik. What does it say? You'll do. They were born on his lap. They were born on his lap. If you're talking about a bris, how can you say they were born on his lap? They weren't born on his lap. Terence says, no, they were born on his lap because the bris is the birth. Bris is the end of the birth. Bris is the end of the birthing process. It's an explicit pasuk. Beautiful. It's such a beautiful pasuk. Now, everybody here? You'll do Abirka Yosef. Harris. Harris. You hear? They were born on his lap because the bris is the end of the birthing process. Amazing. So, getting back getting back to Avram Avinu. So, Avram Avinu got his bris. He's on the third day of the bris when the bris is the most intense. He's now been really born and he accepts his pain and he's good with the pain and he's relishing the pain what's this pain this is the pain of birth this is the pain of birth he's Avraham he's Jewish and he was just born three Malachim come to visit him lots of threes are going out of here what are all these threesomes over here so Rashi tells us there's three Malachim I saw Reb Tzadok HaKoyin brings down another Zayar there's a different Zayar the one I mentioned earlier I saw in a different place once he brings down a Zayar that says these the Pazik says in the beginning of Ayero that he saw three Anoshim, he saw three men, three people. Yeah. Who are these? Shlosha Anoshim, well that's a Medrash, good. But he brings in a Zoyar that he's th- three Anoshim, who are these three men? Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. What? He saw Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. That was the right reaction. Good, good for you. Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. <laughs> so the Medrash says they were Malachim. The Zoyar says he saw Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. What's going on over here? So Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. So says it's one and the same. He puts the whole thing together. He says uh, such a, an amazing, profound, and fascinating idea. Why is Abram... First of all, he says the threesomes are the threesomes of Abram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. And Abram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov came to visit... Well, Abram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov came to visit. He's not born yet. Yaakov's not born yet. And Abram is coming to visit Abram. That's strange kind of, out-of-body kind of thing. What's going on? Zab Ritzadik... Being that Avram has just been born, what does that mean? Avram has just cemented and brought all the way down to here his neshama, his spiritual components, his spiritual aspect, his spiritual chalik, the neshama of Avram Vinu has finally emerged, has finally come down to this world. And with that, what does the neshama of Avram Vinu represent? There's something special of, Avram, of Avram's neshama. It represents Klal Yisrael. This is Klal Yisrael. Avram Vinu is the founder of Klal Yisrael. All of Klal Yisrael is there in Avram Avinu. Avram produces a Yitzchak, Yitzchak produces a Yaakov, Yaakov produces 12 Shadim, 
But everything is ultimately there in Avram. Avram is a condensed, condensed microcosm of all of Klai Yisrael. And until his bris milah, Klai Yisrael is there in a holding pattern. It's up there in Shemaim. It hasn't come down to this world. Klai Yisrael has not really emerged into this world yet. When Avram has his bris milah, Klai Yisrael is here. Klai Yisrael is now present in the world. And this is the pshat with the shloisha anoshim, the three men visiting him. The, the understanding is Avram is brought down now into this world. Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Avram, who Avram is really is, Yishchah said. Yitzchak's midah of gevura, of din, of strength, of... of, of, of uh, of um, the control and and Yaakov's aspect of emes, of balance, of truth did not exist really in the world yet. Now they were all brought down, all like that with Avram's emergence, with Avram's bris, with Avram's birth. These are the three men that come to visit Avram. Is the fullness now the, the, all the aspects of Klaiso that Avram is, was just able to bring down? And this is also the three malachim takes a step further. The three malachim, first of all, that's why we, there's all these threesomes. Three, 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 three cows, three pounds of flour, three malachim, three visitors. The idea behind the threesome is, is, is the, the threesome represents always that, that fully balanced um, unit, concept of Kla Yisrael. We have the two opposites, that's Chesed and Kvur. We have, we have love and fear. We have giving and we have restraints. And we have Emes, we have that balance in the middle. That that uh, triumvirate which balances itself beautifully, and, and that's that is the full system of Klal Yisrael. That's all the threesomes that are popping up over here because that that only came into existence now. That all popped up into existence right now. That's chat with all the threes, and that's why the malachim come also. Let's say this quickly. But uh, let's get it in. Let's get it in for the buzzer here, Rabbi Say. The three malachim come to visit him. These three malachim, as Rabbi Shmuel said is Michal, Gabriel, and Raphael. Michal, Gabriel, and Raphael. Michal, the angel, Gabriel, the angel, and Raphael. And they all had jobs. Michal is there to inform Sarah and Avram of the birth of Yitzchak. Um, Gabriel is there to destroy Sidon. And Raphael is there to heal Avram, to do the healing and to save light. To heal Avram to save light. So the one that informs Avram has to come to Avram and Sar. Of course, the one that's going to heal Avram has to come. But we ask, what about Gavriel who's there to destroy Sodom? Why is he coming? What's he doing over here? Right? Let him go to Sodom. The Territ says he has to come here because all three Malachim also represent the triumvirate of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Each Malach represents a different one of the forefathers. Each Malach lines up with a different one of the others. And the same way Avram brings down the full aspects of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov now into the world, he's also bring down what the Malachim represents into the world, and all three Malachim come to Avram. What does it mean they come to Avram? Avram brought them into existence now. That's what it means that they came to Avram. Avram brings Gabriel down, Avram grounds Michal, and Avram grounds Raphael. And what, what, what's the parallel over here? So Michal is called Saragal, Michal is, 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 is the one, is the, so to speak, the guardian of Klai Yisrael itself. That's the one that comes to give the tidings to Avram and Sarah. That's the one that's there to tell Avram, yes, you just created the Jewish nation. And you're going to have a kid who's going to be the next step in, in that dynasty. Gavriel is there to destroy Sodom. That parallels Yitzchak. Yitzchak's mita is Gevura. That's why Gavriel. Gavriel is Gevura. The Yitzchak is about din, about restraint, about, about mishpat, about judgment and justice. That's what, where the destruction of Sodom comes from. That's Yitzchak's malach. Gavriel is called the Sarah Eish. We just had a Gemara like that recently in, in Yuma. We also had it in Sachem that he, he represents fire, he is fire, that's the fiery destruction of Inferno of Sodom. 
And that's Yitzchak. Yitzchak is the Akedah. Goes up and fire the end of the parsha. And Raphael is there to heal Avram and to rescue Lloyd. That parallels Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov who brings balance into the world, who brings shlemus, who brings perfection and wholesomeness. Yaakov is the one that brings down to this world the ability to get thrown off to come back again. To get knocked out and to come back into the ring. Yaakov gets injured by the Malach and he gets healed. He comes back in. Yaakov has to deal with Lavan for 20 years and he and he comes back into action again. He deals with Esau. He springs back into action. He goes down to Mitzrayim. He goes back to Eretz Yisrael. That's the, the, the meat of Raphael, of balance, of healing, of being able to get knocked out but come back again to drift this way, a little bit too far to this extreme, and to come back too far to that extreme and to come back again. Okay, very good. These are the basic ideas of uh, putting together a lot of things, but this is why we have the threesomes in the beginning of Ayer, why it's peppered with threes. This is the, the why the Malachim are specifically coming by Avram's bris meal on the third day of his bris, because Avram brought these Malachim into the world now. He brought the Shlemus of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, he, he, and, and, and this is why it's connected to the bris, because now he is really fully born now, and this is why all the Malachim have to come. It's not just about the Malachim visiting him, it's about Avram, bring fully Kleisel down into existence in this world and uh, everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos thank you all for joining